Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 1031 of the Juicebox podcast. Today on the podcast, I'll be speaking with Nicole. She is the mother of two children with type 1 diabetes and a husband with some autoimmune issues. Her kids have type 1 and celiac. Her husband has celiac. Her husband also has psoriatic arthritis and vitiligo. And her son has Down syndrome, so we have plenty to talk about. While you're listening today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you'd like to start with AG1, you can get five free trap. You can get, I'll just enunciate a little bit. If you'd like to start with AG1, you can get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D with my link, drinkag1.com forward slash juice box. And you can get 40% off of your entire order at cozyearth.com when you use the offer code juicebox at checkout. If you're looking for a community online for diabetes, I do hope you check out Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes, a private Facebook group with 42,000 members. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1, touchedbytype1.org, and they're on Facebook and Instagram. These are the three places I want you to go. Facebook and Instagram, give them a follow, touchedbytype1.org, look at what's going on. I believe the Dancing for Diabetes show is back on the uh, on the calendar and coming up quickly. I'll tell you more about that in the ad. But for now, touchedbytype1.org. The podcast is sponsored today by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and is 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. BetterHelp.com forward slash juice box. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. And when you use my link, you'll save 10% on your first month of therapy. BetterHelp.com forward slash juice box. I'm Nicole, and I have two kids with type 1 diabetes. Wow, Nicole. That's, um... That's not something I hear every day. So how old are those kids? Uh, my son is 12 and my daughter is 10. Son 12, daughter 10, son diagnosed when? Uh, uh, 2021. How about your daughter? Uh, 2019. Good show. So she was, she was first and she was younger. She was like... Six. Six. Okay. So I, I picked today's date because it's kind of right in between their diversaries. She was diagnosed February 11th in 2019, and he was diagnosed February 6th in 2021. It's nice to keep everything in the same month. It's a good good idea for, for purposes of, you know, when the next year comes around, you don't have to be sad twice. (laughs) You can just, you can just hand, are you sad when the, when the, when the anniversary comes around? I, I don't know if I'm sad. Are you even aware? I'm not even aware of it. Oh, I, yeah, I'm aware okay. for sure. Because so my birthday is coming up and like they're diagnosed right around my birthday. So it's like, 
Oh, your family yeah. only does things in February. Yeah. It's nice. Well, though. no, all, all the bad stuff comes around my birthday, I really feel like, <laughs> sometimes. Nicole, you think this is a, a massive geopolitical situation where everyone's coming after you? Is it possible? No, no. not geopolitical. <laughs> just you don't think family health. <laughs> you don't think other governments are involved or anything like that? No, I don't think so. Good. I just wanted, so, to, I wanted to rule out that you weren't, like, you know, crazy. Okay, so. <laughs> no, I'm not crazy. <laughs> Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but it started. So I originally contacted you because of celiac disease. Right. They both also have celiac disease. Yeah. Why and not? Th- that di- um, Well, those diagnoses actually came first. For both of them. So for both of them. I see. Right. The, they were both diagnosed in early 2018. And my daughter, you know, her endoscopy was confirmed on my birthday, 2018. And then almost exactly one year later, she was diagnosed with celiac. So that's why I kind of feel like there's a little black cloud that follows me around on my birthday. <laughs> Maybe last you're just... year, my son got COVID on my birthday. So that's not true. Just... Is it really? That's true. That's totally true. Nicole, today is your birthday. That should be your theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Are you, boy, we have no reason to dig into this, so we're not going to, but I wonder if you're not like, I don't, I don't even mean subconsciously, but I wonder if you're not like, why are you noticing things in February? Like I'm looking for sicknesses in February. Is it like a slow month for you? Are you like, do you live on the side of a mountain and you're snowed in and you have more time to think about things or is there anything like that going on? No, no, no. I no. wish I lived on the side of a mountain, but I do not. Do you really? No. No, oh, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, yes, you... I do. I'd love to live in a mountain. Yeah. Well, t- tell me why you think that'd be great. I don't know. The mountains are great. I oh, mean, okay. Just... Yeah. I, th- I thought you were going to say No, no not people. that I want to be like super isolated. No, no, no. I thought no, you were going to say just... because my manifesto would be easier to write if people weren't bothering me all the time. <laughs> I just want to double check on the crazy thing. Oh, so... <laughs> this is going to go really uh, in odd directions, Scott. Like, you, you think so? I have I have been to Lincoln, Montana. Do you know where Lincoln, Montana is? <laughs> I mean, it's I'm the a, home of the, U- it's the, the, Unabomber? Home of the Unabomber. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I um. Did you go there to leave? flowers or anything like that no no no, no, okay. no. All right, well i think we're fine then <laughs> <laughs> no. montana no, is was, a real place then it is it's beautiful it's one of my favorite places ever i thought it's just where they make like tv shows where we look at it and go i wish oh. i lived somewhere nicer like that like yellowstone yeah. yeah yeah exactly uh okay so the celiac comes wow your daughter's five uh, is there any like any any of this happening in your family so that it's not like completely out of left field for you, or is this the first time you're ever hearing about autoimmune? So um, we have sort of an interesting diagnosis story. It started with my son, actually. My son has Down syndrome. Okay. And people with Down syndrome have a higher incidence of celiac disease. So his pediatrician screened him every year, you know, at his annual checkup for celiac. And he turns seven and bingo, it's, you know, the antibodies are showing up. So once one person in your family is diagnosed, you're all supposed to get tested. Mm -hmm. So then we were all tested after that. 
And it turns out my daughter had it and my husband had it. So all three of them have it. But we would have never known, I don't think, had, you know, my son not been checked regularly. My daughter had it for a long time based on they can, they look at the damage to your small intestines to kind of determine how severe or how long you've had it. And hers was really, her intestines were really damaged. She had had it a while. And she was always small for her age. And I always questioned that and, you know, was just told, oh, it's fine. You know, she's still growing. She's just tiny. She's just, you know, I'm smaller too. And they're like, you know, she's just taking after you. And I'm like, but I wasn't that small when I was her age, you know. But anyway, it turns out she was small because she wasn't getting the nutrients she needed because her intestines were so damaged. Uh, Is that kind of damage repairable? Yes. Yep. Once you um, eliminate gluten, uh, the intestines do heal. Hmm. I want to jump around a little bit. So Down syndrome, is that in a family thing? I don't know anything about it. Is that something? That's just a random. That's a random. Yeah. Okay. And I was, you know, probably more likely. Um, I, I had him when I was 37. So the chances do increase with maternal age. Do you know that when asked to pick a number between 1 and 100, most frequently people pick the number 37? I did not know that, no. Mm, interesting. has nothing to do with this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, just, I, was trying to, I was trying to find a way to loop back around to the February thing, and it's not there. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it go. Um, okay. So Neither were born in February, so. <laughs> no? Wait, hold, hold on. Wait, let me. March, April, May, June, July, August. Were they born in November? My son was born in November. Yep. And so you my have was you born even in July. Oh, so you even have sex in February. <laughs> I see. It's well, all... there's not much else to do sometimes. <laughs> it, I, well, I live in Minnesota, so it's really cold and oh, snowy. Yeah, no kidding. And it, it, I'm sure your husband will be thrilled to hear that uh, you had sex with him because default there was nothing else to do. <laughs> uh, he won't be surprised. He won't be surprised by that. <laughs> I well listen, the basement's clean, so I guess we might as well. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can I ask a little bit about your son? Sure. Shocking. Did you know in utero what what's it no, do what's it do to your life? Know. Like it was before, you know, some of the more reliable tests. You know, they talked about doing you know, at that time to know for sure it would have been an amniocentesis which is sort of risky. And, um, you know, we did have trouble getting pregnant or I did. So yeah, no, it wasn't, you know, something that, that I wanted to do. And by the time they offer you that it's, you know, I've seen probably 10 ultrasounds of them, you know, and we already, you know, we knew it was a boy and it it wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. And so you, but you don't know until he's physically in the world. Right. Correct. Right. Yep. Can you, I, I'm so sorry. Can you walk me through that a little bit? Like what is, is it shocking? Is it num- oh, yeah. numbing? <laughs> like, sure. like, yeah. Oh, like, I mean, like, how do you, how do you move forward from that? Slowly, I guess we had some good support. We got him signed up right away for uh, services through our school district. And, you know, right away they, 
one of his therapists pro- connected us with another family with a, a child with Down syndrome. And uh, we uh, got involved with the Minnesota Down Syndrome Association right away, mm-hmm. which was really, really helpful. Just read books. Yeah, we, we had some good support in information, you know, support, community, and patience. And he was still, he was a little baby. You know, he was a sure. sweet, cute little baby. Um, and that's, you know, babies with Down syndrome are just babies. Yeah, no, I didn't even mean about him. I just meant about, I mean, your expectations obviously shift, like, drastically. And, yeah. And I'm wondering how you pivot along with them. Yeah, I mean, it's been so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> you just do, you know, you yeah. just... My college advisor said, you know, provided some just really good practical advice. You, you play the cards you're dealt, you know? And, and did these, do you think that experience helped you when the celiac came along, when the diabetes came along? Did it make those things not probably? Yeah. yeah. Not, I wasn't going to say easier, but I wonder if familiar, like again, with the expectations shifting. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You don't think about it like that though, huh? I guess not. I, you know, I just like, this is, this is our life and we have to deal with it and, you know, make the best of it. Yeah. I don't try, I don't try to dwell on it and dissect it, try to figure out what think, it all means. Yeah. See how like, you feel. What if you'll go crazy if you do the what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, yeah. you know? No, no. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to get at is that you seem very like peaceful about it. And that some people, like I talk to some people and they're just hair on fire. And I'm trying to figure out what the difference is. And I wonder if it isn't just wiring, if you're just not wired to to handle this this way versus a different way. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Okay. So um, what do people not understand about celiac? That, you know, there there is lots of issues if if you're noncompliant or, or <clears throat> sorry, not diagnosed not diagnosed. Um, my husband probably had it a long time too, before he was diagnosed. And, uh, you know, I remember when he said, okay, so the GI doctor tells you, okay, the rest of you all need to go get tested. And so, but you have to go to your regular doctor to get tested and they didn't even want to test them. They're like, well, you're six feet tall and, you know, in super good shape. You don't have it. <laughs> really? That, yeah. yeah. So that, so this. And th- he did. <laughs> and he did. So this is prevalent through medicine. The, the, you look healthy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, then he did have it. And then they started testing him for a bunch of other stuff because, you know, he had probably had it for a while and he had low iron and then he had, um, Osteopenia, or he he has osteopenia. I don't think you can correct that. So his bones, you know, were getting leached of calcium because he wasn't getting any nutrients from his his body. So wow. So he is he taking something to combat that? It's low bone density, right? Yes. Um, not right now. I don't know if he will have to in the future or not. I, I think the hope is that it doesn't get worse now that he's you know gluten free. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And he didn't know his whole life. Like, I mean, he knew something, Well, right? he probably didn't have it his whole life. Oh. So, you know, like any autoimmune stuff, you can... Popped up on him. Something, yeah, triggers it. Yeah. What Did you notice it 
Like, were you like, every time we go out to a restaurant, he's in the bathroom? Something like that? In hindsight, yeah. yeah. In hindsight. Were you trying to be funny when you said hindsight because your hindquarters are where your butt is? <laughs> no? No, I wasn't. All right, well. um, yeah. We, we have a pizza, like a local pizza place that I always like to go to. And he would always kind of like, oh, I don't, every time I go there, I don't feel good. And well, I'm going to go there. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'm sure they use like high gluten flour in their toes <laughs> and and he going to that place just didn't make I'll, I'll, i will tell you that um just the simplest thing i've talked about it on here all the time like right i've cut all kinds of oils out of my life like i just don't i just don't use oil and the other day i got it into my head that i was um, gonna make uh shrimp with like some hot sauce on it and i was gonna pan fry it and everything and then it just hit me i was like scott Go ahead and make fried shrimp instead. Like, do it like a person. You know what I mean? Like, do what other people do. And then uh, I didn't feel good for three days after that. It's <laughs> like so like deep fried shrimp. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean? okay. I breaded it, fried it, then I tossed it in some you know hot sauce, and it was so gotcha. good. Yeah. Uh, but it, it messed up like days of my life after that. Yeah. Just the and I did it in peanut oil, so not you know, I, I mean not canola or something like that. I tried my hardest. It didn't matter. Like my body doesn't like it when I eat oil. That's it. You know. So yeah, he has a lot of troubles. Like thirty percent of celiacs, I think that's the number, still have a lot of GI issues even when they're gluten free. And that's my husband. He's he one just, of those people. He just still doesn't feel good often and has to really be careful. Like he doesn't eat a lot of really rich foods, you know, like mm. anything with a cream sauce or anything like that. Would yeah. Just... Not good for him. Yeah. And that's something. Um, okay. Give me, right. I hand you the magic wand, Nicole. And I, and I put in front of you down. Is it, how, what's the proper way for me to talk about it? Is it down syndrome? If, do I just say down syndrome? Do I say downs? What do I do? It's down syndrome. Down it's sy- named after a guy. Yeah. Okay. So down syndrome. So I put that up there. I put celiac up there. I put type one up there and you're allowed to zap one of them. I think I know the answer, but which one do you zap first? Type one. Type one. See, I never know the answer. You were maybe going to guess down syndrome and, but that's really the easiest of all the things we deal with. Hmm. But some of the health issues, I suppose are related to that. But then, you know, my daughter <clears throat> was the first one to get type one. So and she does not have Down syndrome. So. Right, right, right. How do they manage, uh, how are they going along with their diabetes? Do they use uh, shots, pumps, CGMs, no CGMs? What do they do? Uh, they're both on Dexcom with the tandem T-slums. Are they using they con- really well. Are they using control IQ? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, okay. When- mid-five A1Cs in the mid-fives. Wow, congratulations. Um is that made more difficult because of the celiac? Like, it, it aren't a lot of gluten-free foods prepackaged, or how do you get around that issue? They, well, we eat, like, just natural whole foods. Okay. We don't eat a lot of processed um, foods, for sure. But, yeah, you know, the the processed gluten-free foods are, you know, really high, can be really high glycemic loads. Right. Um well, we found breads that aren't too bad, but the only really processed things that we eat would be like pasta and the bread. Isn't bread funny? Like I can go forever and ever without bread and I don't care about it. 
And then when there's certain things, like if you're going to have a bowl of spaghetti, you think, oh, I should have some bread with this. Or like, you know what I mean? Like there's, it's almost like drinking wine where you're like, well, if I'm going to eat this, I'm definitely going to have wine with it. Like it, it just, it feels like bread pairs with certain things. And then there are times I just don't even like, I don't have it for myself. Like I never have it in the house for myself. But there are times where it's just like amazing. I don't know. I don't know how to like, <laughs> do you miss it? Like, do you eat? It, it just occurred to me, you're the only one in the house that doesn't have a thing, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> do you eat along with all of them, all these people who are ruining your life and won't let you go to that pizza place? <laughs> Can't eat gluten and my birthdays are always messed up. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Nicole's like, I just want to go to that pizza joint for my birthday. <laughs> and none of you are going to help me with this. <laughs> um, but But do you eat along with everybody else? Touched by Type 1 has a wide array of resources and programs for people living with Type 1 diabetes. When you visit touchedbytype1.org, go up to the top of the page where it says Programs. There you're going to see all of the terrific things that Touched by Type 1 is doing. And I mean, it's a lot. Type 1 at school, the D-Box program, Golfing for Diabetes, Dancing for Diabetes, which is a terrific program. You Just click on that to check that out. Bowl for a Cause, their awareness campaigns, and the annual conference that I've spoken at a number of years in a row. It's just amazing, just like Touched by Type 1. Touchedbytype1.org, or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Touched by Type 1 and the other great sponsors that are supporting the remastering of the Diabetes Pro Tip Series. Touchedbytype1.org. I, I do, yep. For the first couple of years, I even ate the gluten-free bread. We didn't have like any gluten in our house. Mm -hmm. After, you know, after a while, I asked my kids, I'm like, and my husband, is it okay if I just like bring a regular loaf of bread in the house and get regular buns when we have hamburgers for myself? Because the gluten-free, like the gluten-free pasta is just fine. Mm -hmm. I have no issue with it. But the gluten-free bread is not not what not you're looking good. for so this is it there's a safe in the kitchen and inside of this hermetically sealed safe there's a yep. loaf of bread for you and it, <laughs> it glows like the, the uh, briefcase in pulp fiction when you open it is that, is I, that right? I do have a bread box that i keep it separate in <laughs> um, uh, nicole some people are smoking on their back porch so their kids don't know they're getting high after they send their kids to dinner you're just <laughs> like i just would like a slice of bread every once in a while please I just want a sandwich with good bread. Yeah. <laughs> um, and everybody's okay with that. That's very nice yeah. of them. Yeah. But otherwise, like all our all our baking is gluten free. Everything like that is gluten free. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. Is that a financial impact having to eat gluten free? Is it more expensive to eat gluten free than it is to not? It is more expensive. Yeah. Uh, your uh, health insurance doesn't offer to kick in for your food bill. I don't no, assume. No. no. How nice of them. Yeah, like a pack of gluten-free buns, like a four-pack, it's like $7. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I'm so cheap. Don't say stuff like that to me. <laughs> oh, you break my heart. Uh, a bun is $1.50 is what I just heard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that... there's always, like, if you go out to eat, there's always an upcharge for the gluten-free buns, too. Ugh. So it's sort of a double whammy. Here, you have to pay extra for this crappy bun. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of crappy. really Speaking has of the texture of... I, I compare the texture to like kitchen sponges. Oh, 
scrub your dishes with. (laughs) Speaking of crappy buns, remember when you said hindsight to tell me that your husband had celiac? (laughs) That's hilarious. Okay. um, Diabetes. Your daughter versus your son. Does one of them handle it differently, easier? Was it? Or, or are you just applying ideas to both of them and they're both working? My son is easier. He he just prefers like lower carb foods. He doesn't like crackers. He doesn't like bread. Mm-hmm. He just wants to eat fruit, vegetables, and meat. Gotcha. Like his blood sugars are easier to manage. Um, the trouble with him is he understands that he should be bolusine and pre-bolusine but he still doesn't care if he doesn't. So Saturday mornings, he'll get up at 6 a.m. and make himself what he calls a snack plate. And it might be a couple of yogurts and, you know, some fruit and whatever. And so we're racing downstairs to make sure he's bolused. But if if we don't wake up, <laughs> which just happened, then, you know, then he goes high because he not get his insulin in time. Gotcha. So, how, how, so is he... Does he have any, like, what's his understanding, I guess, of the insulin needs in the food? He knows he has diabetes and he knows he needs insulin. And, you know, he knows about going high and low, but he can't, like, I would not trust him to, like, enter his carbs into his pump. Right? Okay. Like, he does not operate his pump. I understand. And does he know what it feels like to be low and high? Can he talk, Can he explain that to you? He doesn't go low super often, but yes. Um, And he, you know, he will wake up at night. He's had a couple lows and he does wake up and come and say, I'm low. I need a juice. All right. Which my daughter won't. (laughs) She just sleeps through the beeping. Just sleeps through it. All right. Now I'm going to ask what I think might be a difficult question. Do you have different goals for your daughter than your, and your son based on their long-term health? And what their abilities are right now? Uh, no. <laughs> no. You don't? No. So then how do you see it progressing when he gets older? Yeah, I hope that there's someone to help him. And, you know, I and I've talked, you know, in his um, IEP his, at school, his individual education plan that, you know, I want him to be able to understand numbers to the extent that he could you know, dose himself at some point. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that'll happen or not, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, there's a lot of unknowns in the future and I, I have to plan as much as I can, but, you know, at this point I, you know, I don't know. I I can't plan, you know, until we know where he's going to be at as an adult and who's going to be around him. But I'm hoping he'll have some people around him to care about him and help take care of his type one. So this is a one one day at a time is the way you handle this. Yeah. Yeah. Because because you're not sure yet of his abilities in the future, so you can't plan for the future. Yeah. And well, and what technology? You know, how different is the technology going to be ten years from now? Yeah, I guess even just a pump that would would. Um, like sometimes they talk about one day the algorithms might work so well and the and the insulin might work so well that you won't need to bolus. Um, you know, you'll just eat, your body will have a reaction, yeah. and the pump will be able to meet it. Even that would be huge for him. I mean, it'd be huge for everybody, but especially for him. 
How about changing his gear? How does does he handle any of? Is that something he can do on his own? Changes infusion sets or is uh, no no no. Neither one of them do that yet on their own. Okay, do you have just a big party in the kitchen when it happens, and everybody, <laughs> everybody, not a party, it's not a party. Is it a is it a is it a moment fraught with yelling and running around? It's getting better, you know. For the first, I don't know, year or so, it was you know the the infusion sets have never been a big deal. The Dexcom. He he struggles with the Dexcom getting that inserted, but he's getting better. Gotcha. Getting accustomed to it. Are you okay? I'm okay. You are. Yeah. I can't. So I I don't know you, but you have a slower way of speaking, and you're very you're you you think you're not modulating your voice much. And I'm like I'm not sure if you're okay or this is just your personality. So I wanted to find out if you were all right or not. Um, uh, no, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm yeah. Fine. Is it a is it? Do you work? I do. Yep, I do. Wow. Okay, so you have like a full time out of the house job. Yes, I do. You yep. should get a podcast. It's much better. <laughs> I, I said that. To, I said that to somebody in my family the other day. They were complaining about something. I was like, "You ought to get a podcast." And he's, he's like, he's like, he's like, "Fuck you!" And I was like, oh, "Okay, sorry." <laughs> but no, um, I have a I have a really great job, and my job is it's where I don't have to think about all this stuff. Usually, I mean, other than you know, kind of keep an eye on blood sugars mm-hmm. on the app. Yeah, it's a skill, and I think a lot of people who have chronic conditions in their life, something that requires something every day, and tomorrow's not going to be different than today, right? To be able to go somewhere and to leave it out of your mind for a while is is such a benefit. Yes, um, it yep, is. For sure. Yeah. And you realize that it happens without diabetes or, you know, um, like your kid's get older and they go off and you realize like right now something might be happening that if they were here, you'd help with, or that they would need your help with, or, and they, and they're still alive the next day. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, like I don't have to be involved in every little thing and, and people are still okay. It's a big thing to, to give yourself over to. And so you get to do that. You get to go to work and just be somewhere else for a little while. And you don't worry, you don't worry. You do? Uh, for sure, I worry. Like, you know, your questions about the future, of course, I worry about that. But, you know, I mean, if I sat and worried about that all day, every day, I would, I would go nuts. Mm. You know, you just have to, uh, you know, prepare my, I have to prepare my son as best I can. And then, you know, I'm hoping that there'll be people around him that will care about him and, what do you mean yeah, when I'll you say that? You've used that phrase a couple of times. What do you mean when you say that? People around him. Just caregivers, you know, just a family caregivers, just people that that care about him. Yeah. In is, his life. Is that a thing? Here's a question. Because of Down syndrome, does he get to stay on your health insurance forever or does he get kicked off when he's 26 like everybody else? Yeah, I don't think he gets to stay on my health insurance forever. No, I think he gets kicked off and will be on whatever they go on um like social security and medical assistance i'm not sure okay yeah something frozen for sure in minnesota <laughs> seriously have you ever considered moving somewhere warm no not really no? i guess oh my god if i went to minnesota the only thing i'd be able to think of is getting out of minnesota just because of the cold for no other reason i hear it's a lovely place uh but the um the cold is it just it, 
Oh, I can I can feel it now as we're talking about it. <laughs> I feel it, like it hasn't been so bad this winter. It's actually been a pretty mild winter. We've had a lot of snow, but the temperatures have not been too bad. Isn't that interesting? Here as well, by the way. There's been two really cold days so far. That's it. And they were concurrent. And then it was just over. It's uh I, I'm assuming that the global warming thing is real. Okay, so you your husband, uh that was in my head earlier. Is he have like the is does your husband have like the basic like guy attitude? Is he like it's fine, we're all good? And um, or is he like right in the fight with you, helping with all this? How much is he involved with this stuff? He he's involved in helping. He doesn't do as much of the like adjustments to basal rates and correction factors, but he does all of the ordering and you know keeping up with that. He. Mm-hmm. I would say he does a lot of the more, probably more of the set changes than I do. Um, is that on so, purpose no, or he, is it just how it shakes out? It's just how it shakes out, I guess. What would you, um, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, I mean, he doesn't listen to your podcast. So, what a son of a bitch. I didn't realize I that. Well, then. well okay. <laughs> he doesn't listen. Sometimes he listens when we're in the car together. And that's what made me contact you. Oh, tell because- me. It was the eat the damn cupcake episode and we were in the car together listening and it was just making him mad. Oh. And he's like, you have to contact him. You have to. And I'm like, whatever. But then it came up in another episode. Yeah, I can't remember. We revisited sure. it and talked about it. I actually had somebody come on to basically to yell at me. And um, so they took and care of what he so was. So anyway, yeah. that that's why I reached out because we had listened to that together. and Okay. Well, here we are. So uh, now we have to explain it, Nicole. Now I get to I get to be shamed again. All right, contextually, gentleman's on the show talking about a newly diagnosed child. Yeah. Um. It's uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's his second child with diabetes, and he's feeling overwhelmed at the fact that you know the the losses that are that he imagines coming this child's way, and he gets very stuck on the idea of like, well, now they have you know. They have the celiac diagnosis to to fight with as well. And what if they want a cupcake at a birthday party? And he was having, would you agree with me? He was having an emotional crisis while he was talking about it. Is that fair? I, I don't remember. See, you don't, don't even remember. remember. It's your husband that was pissed. So, so, yeah, so, right. so Josh, Josh has been a great guest on the show a couple of times. And I think this episode was Josh has even more feels or something like that. And he's, he's really upset. Like he is, he, he is upset. And I asked him something about like, well, what happens? Like he was kept saying cupcake, like it was like some important part of his life. And I said, well, what happens when, when the kid eats the cupcake? And he says, oh, nothing. You know, my son. Yeah. He was a silent celiac. Yeah. No symptoms of celiac at all. And, and I said, well, why don't you just like, I'm like, well, are there cupcakes constantly? Like, are they just like falling out of the sky? And we were always faced with eating a cupcake or not eating a cupcake. And the answer was no. Like, I'm just worried about like once in a while at a birthday party. And I said, well, until you can figure this out, why don't you just let them have the cupcake? And I was saying that if I'm being honest, I wasn't thinking about the celiac. I was thinking about the mental wellness of the man I was speaking to. You, you, know, you know what I mean? And um, mm-hmm. boy, did people not like that. Jeez, <laughs> I got a lot of email about that. Uh, and so, silent celiac. Can you give me some context for that? They, yeah, they don't have any outward reaction, but their intestines are still getting damaged. Right. 
and it can lead to things up to and as serious as cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, those were the like emails. Low iron and osteopenia. And, um, like if you're a woman, fertility issues. All of these things oh. could be happening. So you could you could have celiac and yet not get any of the cramping or the bathroom visiting or any of the other stuff that comes along with it, not feeling well after you go to the pizza joint. Like none of that could happen. You could just absolutely have no trouble at all, but still be experiencing the internal damage. Yeah, or yeah. or maybe the the symptoms are just subtle enough that, you know, you don't really, like my husband, you know, like before he was diagnosed, he just didn't realize it. Right. Right. And some, some of the symptoms, um, my husband used to have a lot, a lot of migraine headaches. And once he went gluten-free, you know, he doesn't have near the number of headaches that he used to have. Right. So anyway, not great advice, but like I said, I wasn't, In that moment, if you go back and listen to it, I think you'll have context for it. Uh, But I was just trying to say to the guy, like, well, listen, like, you're killing yourself here over this idea that there are going to be an endless parade of birthday parties that include cupcakes that your child's not going to have involvement with. And, uh, And, And I think, you know, from his perspective and, you know, nobody takes it seriously. And it was just another add on to that. Yep. No, I understand. I actually, I really do. I've had a number of conversations about it since then. And trust me, I completely understand. I'll never say that again. That's for sure. So what, um, that's the difference. Like T1, everybody like, oh yeah, that's serious. You know, we got to take this really seriously. And celiac is not that way. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you're, you're almost treated like you're crazy, like, oh, whatever. Or because it's also because it, I'm assuming that if a person's on the outside of it and doesn't understand it, and I even did it, like, you know, like, you can joke about it. Like, like, oh, what happens? You eat that and you have to go to the bathroom? Like, that sounds like not a big deal to somebody who doesn't understand what a big deal it is. And, you know, I I can get that. You're also making me wonder if Scrooge didn't have celiac. <laughs> right? And I, I, was, I was feeling so guilty in that year between, well, the two years, I guess, between my daughter and my son's diagnosis, because I thought my daughter developed type one because she had untreated celiac for so long, undiagnosed celiac for so long. Oh, oh gosh. Is there any chance that's, that's not true though, right? I'm not sure. I'm still not sure. But then, you know, my son got it and my son only went a year or less than a year with having celiac and not being diagnosed. And he still got type one, mm-hmm. you know, cause he was screened every year at his checkup. So, you know, we know he didn't have it when he was six, but by the time he was seven, he, he tested positive and then his endoscopy showed still pretty mild damage. It was really patchy. Mm-hmm. So he had not had it very long when he was diagnosed. I see. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to speak to that. Uh, all I can say is that, you know, they say once you have an autoimmune issue, you're, you know, it's not it's not crazy if you end up with another one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. my husband, so you always ask, you know, who in the family, my husband is the one, um, and he has multiple autoimmune issues. Your husband does? Yes. Yep. He has psoriatic arthri- arthritis and celiac and um, vitiligo. Mm-hmm. How does the arthritis impact him? He, it's, well, 
You should ask him because I feel like his um, interpretation or his view on it would be different than mine. It's it's not super severe for him yet. Mm-hmm. He's not on any medications for it or anything. But of course, when he has a flare of it, you know, he feels pretty poorly, I guess. Throughout his body, joints, certain places? No, uh, psoriatic kind of affects one spot. Like it'll be one finger will swell up and get all sore and stiff. And then that'll go away and it can be pop up in another finger, you know, a few months later. It's just interesting. It sucks. It's yeah. interesting. I thought for sure you were going to say uh, when it pops up, he can only have sex in February. I thought that was something. <laughs> really thought that's where you were going to go for me, Nicole, but you didn't. It's okay. Don't worry. The pressure's not on you. Did you get the Scrooge reference? Um, that, well, he was crabby. I don't no, know. No, remember he says to Marley that you might be an undigested bit of beef. And he starts talking oh. about how. He doesn't think that the ghost is really there, but it's something that he ate. I, I don't know. Yeah, no. I'm I didn't just get saying, maybe the Christmas Carol never happens without celiac is all I'm getting at. <laughs> I mean, it's a stretch, but maybe. Um, those people were British, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, exactly. You think so. They spoke funny in the movie. <laughs> I obviously haven't seen the movie. You've never a seen a movie? Oh, you don't know? Well, I don't know if I've, I don't recall. Now you're making me wonder what everyone's favorite version of a Christmas Carol movie is. Apparently you don't have a, a, a dog in this I fight. Don't. So I, I'm, nope. not, I'm not going to be asking you. <laughs> nope. <laughs> You're like, I don't my, even care. <laughs> my favorite Christmas movie is Elf. So, <laughs> Oh, is it with, um, Oh, where, uh, the, the guy with the head. Um, why do I think of him as having a big head? That's funny. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Thank you. <laughs> it's like the guy with the head. <laughs> What a description, Nicole. I can't believe you didn't get it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Also, uh, an interesting movie, like, relative to diabetes, right? He's eating candy and syrup on spaghetti. Yes. Yeah, that definitely would be hard to bolus for, syrup on spaghetti. <laughs> I'm not sure where I would start with that. Uh, but I think there'd be an extended bolus in there for probably at least five <laughs> hours, uh, at the very least. So you like the podcast. Yes. Okay. Yep. And my daughter listens too sometimes. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. What did you, because you, you know, earlier I asked you a question, like what helps you get through? You said information, support, community, and patience. Did the podcast offer any of that for you? Yes, for sure. Um, You know, just that you've had many people on that have had multiple issues or, you know, I know you've had other um, parents of kids that have Down syndrome on and or other issues. And yeah, it's just, it's helpful to know that there's other folks out there. Um, but mostly I would say the the management information has been what has been really, really helpful. Oh, I'm glad. That's excellent. Down syndrome or trisomy? Tri- Trisomy 21. Tri- trisomy of chromosome 21, the most common genetic disorder associated with autoimmune. Is Down yep. syndrome autoimmune? No. No. But th- Nothing. it's just a random, you know, error when your gametes are being formed. Hmm. Yeah, the rest of it says autoimmune uh, regulator, uh, regulator protein. I think they can be, um, they can have more autoimmune issues. After this is your reality. Yeah. Transcription factor located on chromosome 20 plays a crucial role in autoimmunity by regulating 
promiscuous gene expression, PGE. That's interesting. Strange. Why did you want to come on? Was it just the cupcake thing? Or was there Probably more? Probably for my daughter, too. Yeah. Just because I, I think she... I think I knew that she would probably like that. I would say hi to her, but I don't know her name, and I don't think you want to say it. But I'll just say hi anyway. Hey, daughter, what's up? See? <laughs> it's very, very feeling and emotional for me. It's interesting that you can't really talk to somebody without knowing their name, huh? Well, I'm, I, I can say her name. It's Lila. Oh, I didn't know we were doing that. Lila? Yeah. Lila? I'm not saying her last name. No, so. no. Also, I need her address and what locker number she has at her <laughs> middle school, please. No, um, Lila, it's, um, hi, how are you? Thank you for listening to the show with your mom. Um, do you think she learns from it? Like, do you think she picks stuff up about diabetes from listening to people talk about it? I try to remind her she she really does not want to pre-bolus. She has so much trouble. So she's a snacker, right? She would she never wants to eat a big meal. She just wants to snack all day long. And she doesn't want to pre-bolus. And I always say, well, you know, what we've learned on the podcast, it's so important. I don't know. You know, she's 10. Yeah. I know that sucks, really. Lila, I'm talking right to you now. I know it sucks. <laughs> um, well, I mean, if she's constantly snacking, though, what if she just, I don't know, what if she made a little bolus and then ate to the insulin once in a while? See what I'm saying? I, yeah. Yeah. She does that, I think, sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know, over boluses for what she's maybe going to eat and then just keeps eating more. Mm. You know, she, and she gets upset, you know, when we say you can't just eat chips, you know, you can't just walk by and grab a handful of chips every 10 minutes. You've got a bolus for those. You don't know what it's like. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But <laughs> I this, is, this is the way it is for you. <laughs> Do you think, it's a, so this is interesting because I've been told, I don't know what it's like. I'm sure we all have. Um, <laughs> Do you, I mean, I know you don't have diabetes, but functionally, you understand what she's concerned about. And, 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 but there's that one piece of it, the upsetting piece of, like, you don't understand, like, what, what it's like to be inside of my body and my mind when this happens. And that's, yeah. it's hard, right, not to be able to commiserate with them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. you want to you want to be in it with them. And, and they're not wrong. Like, you can't, you just... There's, this is the this is the the cutting point, right? This is the edge where we move on from what you can understand to what I can't explain to you. And I, you know, I've told her how many times, you know, if I could take this away from you, I would. If I could take this from you and give it to myself, I would. But I, you know, I can't do that, obviously. Yeah. You know, I had an adult with type one tell me not to say that to people recently because I've heard I've I've I think we've all made that statement to somebody in our life. Like, you know, I would take it if I could, but. I forget how they put it. I, uh, I don't know. She was just really passionate about it. Now I'm not remembering the details of her passion, but that she just said, I wish my parents would not have said that to me. I was like, okay, thank hmm. you. It was interesting to hear. Um, I'll have to figure out where it's at and tell you. And by that, I mean, I'll have to ask some of the people who helped me with the Facebook group where that happened. Cause I never know where anything's in the podcast. Um, but there are people who do know. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's because, I don't know. I forget what she said. If it wasn't something like, well, you can't take it. So stop saying that it's an empty gesture, I think was the, sure. yeah, was the idea. Uh, I can get that, I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, I will definitely not tell Josh to just give his kid a cupcake. Tell your husband he's, he handled that pretty well. well is that why he doesn't listen? Did he listen before that? 
Uh, no. no. Um, he, well, just like when we're in the car together. Yeah. But it's not like I like he heard that. He's like, that's enough of this. And that was the end of it. No, no, no. Gotcha. No. Um, is he busy ice fishing? Is that what's going on? <laughs> we do ice fish um, when we have time. But my daughter's in hockey, which is kind of a big deal in Minnesota. So we don't really have time anymore to go ice fishing. Can't you do it at the same time? Why would the hockey people not set up <laughs> on the sidelines a place to ice we- fish? We have. We have done that. The trouble is there's a lot of snow on the lakes, usually. so They don't play hockey on the lakes. Well, if you maintain a rink on the lake, you can. But that's it's easier to do it in inside. Mm-hmm. I was joking about all those things, and they all turned out to be real things that you do in Minnesota. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was like, let me say the most ridiculous thing I can think of. What if you cut holes next to the hockey rink so you can ice fish while your kids are playing hockey? And you're like, yeah, we've done that. <laughs> we have some really great video of we hooked our dog up to a harness. So we have dog harnesses for like skiing behind dogs and stuff. Of course. We hooked the dog up to my daughter on her ice skates. And it was a winter where there wasn't a lot of snow and the dog was pulling her around on the ice. It was kind of funny. <laughs> you have video of that? I'd like to see that. I do somewhere. Yeah. Um, actually, don't send me your personal video. I don't want to be involved. But I, I would like to see it if it was on social media somewhere. You know, um, LeBron James, uh, just he just surpassed the scoring title, right? He just beat Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at NBA scoring. You don't have to care about basketball to like this or, or to hear this story. And there's a photo of him taking his last shot. And everyone in the crowd is holding up a cell phone. And someone put up a photo of Michael Jordan taking his shot where he like beat some record and there's not one person in the crowd holding a phone. It's very interesting. Like, like it's just interesting how like having a phone in your pocket has changed her. Like you were like, Oh, I did this once with my dog where my daughter did this one. And I'm like, do you have a video? And you're like, yeah, I have one. It's yeah, uh, for it's, sure. Yeah. It's so it's super interesting. Hey everybody. Better help is a sponsor of the podcast and they're offering my listeners 10% off their first month of therapy. It's a great deal. I hope you can check it out. Betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. Now, BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service that is 100% online. They have over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists. They can help you with a wide range of issues. All you have to do to get started is hit my link, answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy, and that way, BetterHelp will be able to match you with the right therapist from their network. Betterhelp.com forward slash juice box. You're going to get the same professionalism and quality as you expect from in-office therapy. And if for any reason your therapist isn't right for you, you can switch to a new one at no additional charge. Do therapy on your terms, text, chat, phone, video call, and you can even message your therapist at any time and then schedule a live session when it's more convenient. So if you're looking for someone to talk to, check out BetterHelp. Um... Is there anything that we haven't talked about that we should? Just that celiac is really socially, or it can be really socially isolating. And that's, again, probably why that statement maybe triggered my husband a little bit. Oh, no, I understand. Just eat the cupcake. Because that's why, you know, when you ask me if there's one thing to take away, I'd say type one, because that has, you know, obviously more acute health consequences and you know celiac 
there, you don't even have to treat it with a drug. You just don't eat gluten. So pretty easy. But our society still just is so involved with food and going out to eat and, you know, food rewards in school. Mm-hmm. That's been really difficult for my daughter, especially to handle. Okay. You know, she has a 504 plan and her teachers have been really, really good about, you know, checking with me usually, but there's always the time like, oh, we're going to have treats today. And, you know, they forget to let me know or let her know. And and she doesn't have anything to eat, you know, Mm -hmm. with everybody else. Or the hockey team is like going out to eat after the game. And, you know, they pick a restaurant that doesn't have good options for her. So, you know, you just, you, you just made me think of something. So in your home, all the foods that are available to your daughter are gluten-free. Yep. And maybe the snacking is like her way of being like, look, I can do whatever I want. Like control, like, like I can like chips don't have gluten in them. I can grab a chip and have it right now because it's gluten-free and it's fine. And when I'm out in the regular world, I can't eat like that. But then the diabetes comes along and stops that autonomy that she has in your house. I wonder if there's not a connection in there for why she feels that way. Because then the diabetes, the pro, the, the pre-bolusing got in the way of the thing where she got to feel like I can do whatever I want to do. Maybe that's why it bothers her extra. That make any sense or did I make that up? No, I, I think it does make sense. I, I, so she, she has a therapist and I have mentioned that to her therapist. I'm like, you know, she, she wants control of something because there's so much in her life she doesn't have control over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That so. just, just as you were explaining how that's difficult, how, how celiac can be difficult, difficult in the world. Like I started thinking like, Oh, maybe that's why she's like rubs up against the pre thing so much. So she, yeah, she, she battles any, any one telling, well, her dad and I more so than others, but telling her what to do. Yeah. You know, and I and I'm pretty sure it's a control thing. Like she just is wanting control over something. Personality wise, is she more like you or your husband? Oh man, <laughs> he would say me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's a mix, obviously, but I, she probably gets her stubbornness from me. <laughs> you don't come across as stubborn. Eh, eh. Well, this is a one hour. <laughs> <laughs> online conversation. I think if we settled in and really had a conversation about three hours from now, I'd be like, oh my God, Nicole's a problem. Uh, so, um, do do Well, headstrong. Like, and, yeah. you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That no. serves people well in life. Oh, no, it's not a problem for you. I'm, I'm just talking about for, for, <laughs> for me, if I'm trying to get somewhere and you're like pushing back constantly and I'm like, oh, God, this is an uphill. I interviewed someone the other day and I said to them, like 20 minutes into this, I'm like, you're not going to make this easy at all, are you? <laughs> and she laughed and she's like, probably not, um, which I think is terrific. Like, I don't I don't mean to say that, like, I don't see headstrong or or, you know, any of those any of that phrasing as a as a, a bad connotation. Like, I, I think it's great when people stick up for each other and for themselves. I had a uh, meeting yesterday with my mom's care team. Uh, where uh, I got on the call and my wife's like, don't yell. And I was like, I am not going to yell. And she goes, you're definitely going to yell. Don't yell. And I was like, all right, I, I won't. So I got on the call and I'm, I'm and uh, 
my brother's there in person and I'm like, Hey, what's going on? Like, how come it hasn't started yet? And he says, Oh, this person's late and this person's late. So two entities that are in my mom's life that have failed her a number of times because of poor management and just generally seeming inept couldn't get to the meeting on time. They were in a completely different part of the building. And I thought, okay, I'm going to let that go. Right, Nicole, I'm going to let that go. Anybody could get the wrong room. It's fine. Uh, this isn't just because they're bad at everything. And they came into the room, and and the, the first little bit that we talked about went very smoothly. And then someone said something stupid that was just going to lead back to the problem we were there to talk about. And all I know is that, like, 15 minutes later, I found myself, like, <laughs> cursing. And, <laughs> and, and then it all ended... And everybody left. My brother called me back and he goes, wow, good job. We got everything we needed. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I'm sorry. Was it uncomfortable? Because imagine, Nicole, you said you're an introvert. But did you say that before we got on the the microphone, maybe? Yeah. Well, I said it when you asked me to turn my... uh... Oh, the camera. Yeah. Yeah, the camera. So so just I brought it up for context. Can you imagine being in a room with six people you don't know while a disembodied voice is yelling at them and they're looking at you, how would you like that? Yeah, I don't I don't think I would like that. <laughs> so, so I said to my brother, I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, he's like, no, no. He's like, we worked it all. He's like, you got everything mom needed. And I was like, okay. But I don't see that as like a bad thing. Like from my perspective, this is coming back to what I said earlier. Like I didn't leave that call thinking, oh, I... I shouldn't have done that. I think that's exactly what needed to happen. Everything worked out in a way that it wasn't going to. They were going to screw my mom six ways from Sunday if somebody didn't stick up for her. Um, But I don't imagine that they got in their car and felt good about the interaction. (laughs) So I don't see being headstrong as being a bad thing. But anyway, I'm sorry. I just, I, I just felt like, I felt like I came off wrong when I said that because I don't, I don't see that as a bad thing. I don't like, I I would be so worried that people might hear anything that they'd think like, Oh sure. When women stick up for themselves, nobody likes it. I love it. I had such a good time fighting with that lady (laughs) that I was talking about. Um, And then later in the afternoon, my brother called me back and he's like, are you okay? He's checking on me. And I said, Brian, never tell anyone this. Now I'm telling everybody. I said, I had such a good time. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. It's the, it's the most fun I've had in weeks. <laughs> I love arguing with people, Nicole. Anyway, um, is your husband? Well, it, it, it helps to have a you know to have a stronger personality or advocacy tendencies when you have you know the kids that I have. Yeah, and so. and and you have that right. So like, and you're even though like you don't know that you come off, you're coming off meek. But it's just your speech pattern and you're like you're like I said, you don't not modulating your voice a ton. But you're not. In your personal life, you're you're out there fighting with those people, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. It well, and not fighting. I mean working with, you know, I like we've been really fortunate to have some really good like the school nurses we've dealt with have just been fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we we did have we had to move, change schools for our kids this past year because there was just a situation we could not work out at our, our previous school. Mm-hmm. So I guess my point is I try to work with people, but, you know, at, at some point there's a time to cut ties and move on. Yeah, that's about the time I start yelling fuck at them. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was so calm until I wasn't. They were like, let's put a care plan into place. I'm like, the care plan is what put her in the situation. And you're telling me that the fix for the care plan that wasn't carried out by the staff is to put a different care plan in place and then remind the staff to take care of the care plan. I was like, that's your idea of how to make sure this doesn't happen again. Just to bullshit me in this room. Like, cause nobody's going to do that. Like it just, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't see everything in life like that, but about these very important issues in my mind, it's a, it's a turf war. Like you're on one side of that line. I'm on the other side of the line and I am trying to push you back and get you to do what I need you to do. And in my mind, they're trying to do it too. They're just trying to be nicer about it because they work for somebody and they're trying to be professional while they're doing it. And I don't have that problem. So I can't get fired after the conversation ends. So I, I got to, and I don't want to come off like, like I was happy to speak like pleasantly with them. I think people listening would imagine that. Um, but as soon as it started down that like pandering, just bullshit path that it was heading down, they were just going to say the same thing again and try to get me to go along with it. And like, that's not happening. I was like, you guys almost killed my mom. And now I should just assume, I should just trust you won't do it again. I'm not doing that. I was like, this is what you're doing. You're doing this. And I laid it out for them. Like, these are the things you're going to do. If they don't get is done, we're going to have a real problem. Medical care or is she in a nursing home? And I'm only asking because my mom just went in a nursing home a couple of months ago. So my mom's so. in a place, I don't know if you would call it a nursing home, but they help her. So she's got her own apartment. My mom's very, like, you know, uh, autonomous. She needs a little help making sure she's stable in the shower and a little help cleaning up after she uses the bathroom, right? Those are like her, like her sticking points. And then they just don't do it. And they said, well, it's not in the care plan or it's this or, and then she got sick. And as her health was declining, they all noted that she, that her health was declining, but never did anything about it or contacted anyone. And it was, so the one that ended up happening was, this is very common for older people. My mom apparently had a UTI. She was declining. And my brother happened to be on a shift where he was working nights, so he couldn't see her for a few days in a row. And I was sitting here editing one Sunday night, and it just struck me. like I didn't talk to mom in the last two days. That's weird. That shouldn't have happened. And, like, I always talk to my mom. She calls me. And I call her, but, like, you know, all of a sudden I realized I had been busy and I hadn't spoken to her. So I texted my other brother, not the one who lives where she is. And I said, you heard from mom the last couple of days? He said, no. So I contacted Brian where my mom lives. And I said, something's wrong with mom. And he's like, like, you know, I guess he initially thought that I knew there was something like, like specific. He's like, what, like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. Something's wrong. I haven't heard from her in two days. And he was like, that that's why you think something's wrong with mom. I'm like, there's definitely something wrong. And he's like, all right, well, I work tonight and I'll get over there tomorrow and see her and blah, blah, blah. And that morning I got a text from his wife that said, Hey, you know, your mom fell out of bed and that didn't seem right either. So it's like, wait, what? And she's like, we're going over. We'll be there in a couple of hours. And, um, by the time they got there, my mom was almost catatonic, like just gone. Like she couldn't stay awake for five seconds. My brother and I were talking. I'm like, just take her right to the emergency room. I'm like, don't talk to those people there. Just put her in your car, drive her to the emergency room. And we got her there. He got her there. And she's got a UTI. They have to hit her with a 
a big dose of antibiotics. And then she seems like a few, and they hydrate her. And a few hours later, she's like, I'm, I'm FaceTiming with her and she's, she's good to go. And then she wakes up the next day and it's slurred speech, no memory, like really bad. And it goes on for days to the point where they're giving her like scans and telling us she might not recover from this. Like she sounds like she's going to die. Like it just, I've never seen anybody slip away so quickly to the point where I had to call my kids and say, you need to reach out to grandmom because I'm not sure if she's okay or how long she's going to be okay. I don't know, about five days into her hospital stay, she just came back to life. It was, I guess the infection finally got through her and, and everything. So I got on the phone yesterday and I said, well, you guys tried to kill my mom. You didn't quite get it done. Let's make sure it doesn't happen again. She was perfectly healthy when she got to you. And two months later, not only are we in the hospital, but I had to figure it out like remotely or my brother wouldn't have been able to go to see her. I, I don't, I think it's possible they could have just killed her right there because they were not paying attention to her. She slid out of her bed, crawled across the room, called for help, and they just got her back in bed and said she seemed tired. That was it. They didn't know what they're doing. So there's three levels of staff. There's on-the-floor staff, which is described to me as younger people who don't seem like they have a ton of training. And I understand it's probably not a great paying job, and I don't assume it's a job anybody really wants. I get that. So then there's the overseeing above them, uh, which apparently isn't making sure that things are really getting done, and the overseeing above that person that's, you know, everybody's just checkboxing. So I'm on the phone. I'm like, listen, my mom's not a cleaning schedule in the bathroom of a gas station. You don't just walk in every hour, rub the mop on the floor and check the box off and leave. Like that's not like you're that I know that's what you're doing and it needs to stop. I was very demanding, but at the same time, I think this is the state of elder care. My mom's not in some crappy place, you know what I mean? And so I I just realized, you know, I was talking to my brother afterwards and I said, "Look, we're not going to fix the world here." Like like you're not going to make these people suddenly care about their job, you're not going to make them, you know, um, do what they're supposed to do. I was like, you have to, we just have to put the fear of God in them that if, if they kill that one, if they kill that lady, they're going to have a problem. And that's what I think I did yesterday. And hopefully that'll hold up for a while. So I, you know what I mean? Like it's, you can go ask people all you want, like to do the right thing, but I, I don't know that you're going to actually get them to do it. So anyway, that was my perspective and uh, we'll see how it goes. I'll report back. Uh, yeah, we're dealing with similar issues with my mom, but she's in a, a memory care unit. So, you know, I, I think they are checking on her more yeah. often. I I don't think that she would go sort of semi-responsive in a bed for very long. Yeah, without but. somebody noticing and doing something. Well, it's just fascinating. Yeah. Like they, you know, my, my sister-in-law looks back now on this, the communication she had over the week with the place. And at one point they said, hey, you know, your mom's not been going to dinner. She's been eating in a room a lot and she didn't want to go to some functions. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you know, and then it's, she's been sleeping a lot. And then it's, she slid out of bed trying to get up and then, and so she's declining and they are just acting like it's not, it's a, it's not even of note. Like, it, and, and my sister-in-law said, I asked how she was. Nobody offered that information. Even after she fell out of bed, they didn't call us. And so, you know, it just it just hit me. I was like, if we wouldn't have like figured that out, she dies there. And they go, oh, you, you know what they would have done? They would have said, look, we did everything we were supposed to do. Here's all the check boxes. You see them all filled in. And old people get UTIs. What are you going to do? 
that's exactly what would have happened. And, you know, I was on the phone yelling things like, I think I said at one point, cancer didn't kill that lady. Uh, A full hysterectomy didn't kill her. A year of chemotherapy didn't kill her. I was like, this didn't kill her. That didn't kill her. This didn't kill her. She's been alive for 80 years. She's okay. I was like, I think I said, Nicole, and you people can't keep her ass clean. And that's what's going to kill her. (laughs) I was like, that's not how my mom's going out. (laughs) I was just like, this is ridiculous. I said, the most avoidable problem. And you guys can't avoid it. It's just, it's fascinating. So anyway. I yeah, hope. it's a you know, it's a conundrum. It's like you feel like this is how I feel, I guess, with my mom in those facilities. Like she's just another one, you know, they come there and they stay there for a while and then they die. Yeah, there's no way they don't I feel mean, like a way station. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's it's, it's uh, I'm sorry for you. It's I know yeah. it's so hard to deal with. No, it's uh don't worry, I, I enjoyed yelling at them. So <laughs> I there's there's a um there's a person I've told my brother that like he he's the one that lives closer to my mom and locally and I'm like I'm sorry that you have to deal with all this but I have these two kids yeah (laughs) that I'm keeping alive (laughs) well we had we had the similar situation where my mom used to live closer to myself and my and our youngest brother and we we did a lot of it my youngest brother actually lived closer to her and did more than I did for certain and but then my middle brother who had moved away and lives more near where you do, you know, he's like, I, you know, I'd love to see mom, you know, more. And there's this place, this great place near my house and everything. And so my mom was actually getting ready to move to Wisconsin when she found out she had cancer. And she basically, we used that move to Wisconsin as like a carrot on a stick to get her through everything. Like, like mom, this is what you're working for. You know what I mean? And then she, Mm -hmm. my mom beats cancer lives through chemo, um, gets a clean bill of health, gets COVID the day she gets her clean bill of health from cancer, has to sit around for 20 more days before she can leave, get her back on her feet, get her out there. And, you know, she lives with my brother for five weeks before she can move into the other place. She's doing terrific, moves in there. And two months later, we're dragging her to a hospital. She's almost dead. And I was just like, what is all this for? You know, like, I hate to be that person, but I, I've now said it a number of times in the podcast. I'm treating the next 15 years of my life like that's it. And I don't mean that I think I'm going to die when I'm 65, but the things that I've seen my mom battle with, if one of those things should happen to me, like your life's not going to be like retired in Bora Bora. You know what I mean? Like, because like, I think that's what we all imagine. Like right now you're like, that's fine. I'll raise these kids. I'll save some money and then I'll blah, blah, blah. But unless a health thing comes and then you're not, doing that stuff. So I'm going to do it now. And then at the end, I'll just like, then, then I won't feel like I missed out on something. I assume I'm hoping, I don't know. But anyway, so like, well, I feel like I have to live forever. So I do try to like take sort of good care of myself because I, you know, I do feel like, Oh, the longer I am here, the better care Kai will get, you know, my son. I didn't bring that up, but that's not, not a real thing. Like you're out at a mall or in public and there are adult people with down syndrome who are like accompanied by an 85 year old mother who is the <laughs> spryest yep. person I've ever seen in my life. Right. 
I've always, it's improper to say, but I did once say to somebody, if only my health was as good as the mother of a kid with Down syndrome. I actually said that because they're always like, it's almost like you, like you're not allowed to get old or sick or die. You know what I mean? Yeah. We had a really um, interesting encounter with a family like that a couple of years ago on vacation. We were up on the North shore, like up on Lake Superior in a really teeny tiny little town in a coffee shop with like literally eight seats. And we were there grabbing breakfast and in walks like a elderly set of parents and, and maybe like a 40, 50 year old woman with Down syndrome. And what were the chances of that, that there'd be like this little tiny town yeah, in this little tiny coffee shop, (laughs) two families. Well, I'll tell you, I don't know what the odds are of the two of you being there at the same time, but the odds of them being that old and that I believe in, like, I really do believe in that. I I just, I've seen it too many times. Like it's, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't happen for everybody. It's not a magic thing. Like you don't get to live forever if your kid has Down syndrome, but like it, it's not, it, it speaks to what real purpose can do for you. And, and a sense of responsibility, you, you know, like everybody likes to say, like, I don't want to do this or I don't like this job or anything. But like, you know, you have you have a responsibility. It's a reason to get up. It's a reason to move. It's a reason not to give up when things could get you. You know, it's probably part of why you you are the way you are. And, you know, I mean, being introverted is hard, but you probably have to push out of it a lot for your kids. Yeah. And for my job, too. I mean. So I'm a biologist and I would tell you that a lot of biologists are introverts. Mm. So it's interesting. I know my wife is, my wife has a biology degree. She's introverted. Yeah. But her whole day is talking to people. It's kind of ridiculous how, how it, how it ended up working out. I know it does exhaust her a lot of times, like pushing through it seems to kick her ass a little bit. Does that happen to you? Do you feel tired at the end of the day or like you might not have any ability to be tired? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, exactly. When do you sleep while you're driving? <laughs> <laughs> My God. All right, Nicole. Well, you were really lovely. I appreciate that you came on here and and talked about all this with me. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Well, it was my pleasure. And hi again to your daughter. And let, letting me give you grief about the way you handled celiac before. Oh, I can't wait. I'm assuming every <laughs> few months somebody's going to say it to me for the rest of my life. And that's fine because then we get to have the conversation again. And then my my misunderstanding turns into education for other people. And I'm, I'm good with that. You, you know, like, I mean, so, something has to be the catalyst for the conversation. Or no, other- but overall, no, thank you for all of the, you know, good advice um, that I've heard on your podcasts over the years I've been listening now. Oh, well, it's my pleasure. I appreciate you saying that. And it, it is nice of you to end on a like positive thing for me. It was, <laughs> it was very nice of you too. <laughs> All right. Um, Minnesota, Minnesota nice. Min- is that, is that the phrasing Minnesota nice? Yes. Yeah. You've never heard that. Oh, you got to Google it. I'm that, sure there's tons about it. Is that why you're putting up with that quarterback long after he's proved that he's no good? Quarterback. He's not a quarterback. <laughs> oh, you mean, oh, you mean the Vikings? Yeah. Oh my gosh. See, I I am so not into football, Scott. Sorry, I, I could tell you weren't. I just wanted to make a joke about how bad your quarterback was. That's all. Um, I, I'm with you. I, they're bad. I'm sure. I have. Yeah, I don't follow the Vikings. I and I'll probably be 
ostracized now by everybody that knows me. <laughs> Maybe they all hate football too, and they're just afraid to say it. I mean, everybody yeah. in Wisconsin can't love the Packers. Some of them have to be pretending. Don't you think? I, I, I'm not gonna, I have no idea. I'm not going to comment. <laughs> Nicole's like, I'm not getting involved in something as fraught as a conversation about football. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> we can talk about anything else if you want, but not that. All right. Uh, hold on a second for me, okay? Okay. Huge thanks to Nicole for coming on the show and sharing this story with us. I also want to thank Touched by Type 1 and remind you to go to touchedbytype1.org and find them on Instagram and Facebook. Special thanks as well to BetterHelp. Betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. Use that link to save 10% off your first month of therapy. Don't forget to check out the private Facebook group, Juice Box Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. Lastly, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. When you support the Juice Box Podcast by clicking on the advertiser's links, you are helping to keep the show free and plentiful. I am certainly not asking you to buy something that you don't want. But if you're going to buy something or use a device from one of the advertisers, getting your purchases set up through my links is incredibly helpful. So if you have the desire or the need, please consider using Juicebox podcast links to make your purchases.